in the face of the enemy. Let the enemy have no power over you. And the son of iniquity be powerless to harm her. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Paris, you, you faithless slime. Oh! Music and murder contains violence, oh. profanity, oh. and graphic material that may not be suitable for children oh. or people with weak stomachs. Oh. Parental advisory is definitely recommended. He's been calm and compliant, but he's got some stab wounds to his chest. They're not oozing blood, but he's saying that uh, his family are inside and that he believes he has murdered them. Welcome to Music and Murder, the only podcast in the world that intertwines true crime cases and music. I'm your host, Michael D. Keeney, and it is truly a pleasure to be here with you on whatever date and time that you're listening to this. I'm recording this episode on Monday, January 23rd, 2022, in beautiful Paso Robles, California, on the Central Coast. This is episode 18, and it is about a man or let's just say cunt that does unspeakable things to people he once called his family. Now this cunt supposedly goes on a drug binge that allegedly makes him, well, you'll hear the details in a bit. Now right up front, this case is brutal, like most that I choose to do, and like the last two, it does involve sexual acts and murders of minors. There is one difference in this case, however, and that difference is that this case happened in the UK, which is something that I've never done on this show ever. However, something about this case just screamed out for me to research and do an episode on. Plus, it just happened around a little over a year ago, so it still is very recent, which is always a plus in my mind. The geographical location is also why I'm calling him a cunt. Or should I say, bloody cunt? Yeah, that works, fucking bloody cunt. Now please remember that every Music and Murder episode has at least one lesson in it. Look for it and learn it. These lessons could possibly save your life and sometimes teach you how to take the lives of others that deserve it. Yeah, I did say that. Some people do deserve to die. And this story that I'm about to tell you is based on a bloody cunt that proves that. And now... Without further ado, I bring you the gruesome case of Damien Bendel, the child rapist and murderer, arsonist, drug addict, and all-around worthless pile of twat. Yeah, that's right. Worthless pile of twat. It's a thing. When we Americans think of the United Kingdom, which includes England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, we tend to think of royalty, politeness, cool accents, castles and dungeons, and of course, Ted Lasso. And I'll be the first to admit that I absolutely love that show. If you have not seen that show, 
do yourself a favor get Apple TV and watch it you will thank me later however despite all of those awesome things that are within the UK there also lies a very deep and dark side as well a side that is very non Ted Lasso-ish and more like Ted Bundy-ish by the way if you have not seen the Ted Bundy movie you know the one about Ted that was actually worth watching the one with Zac Efron who grew up literally about 30 minutes away from where I live on the central coast of California the movie was released on Netflix in 2019 and it's titled extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile just in case you want to peep that shit yo so needless to say when talking about evil and sadistic crimes in the UK especially in England when people do go bad man they go fucking bad after all London England is where one of the oldest and most infamous serial killer cases resides as in Jack the Ripper which if you don't know the specifics of Jack the Ripper please do not call yourself a true crime fan that case is literally true crime 101 and very very fascinating I will never do an episode on it so please look it up okay so back to the bloody cunt Damien Bindle we're gonna start from the very beginning Bindle who again was a rotten bloody cunt had a history of doing everything wrong from birth and honestly you wouldn't know that from looking at him he is a pretty decent looking guy some may even say attractive but there was nothing attractive about the personality or mind of Damien Bindle according to the star which is a trustworthy media hub that's been around since around 1880 Bindle was just a total wannabe gangster in other words just a bitch that is always trying to prove that he's not a bitch I'm sure most of you can think of at least one person that fits that description I personally could write a book on how many wannabe gangsters that I know hmm maybe I will someday so Bindle was born in Swindon Wiltshire England in September of 1989 I looked for the days and try to find out his relationships with his parents and all that stuff um, but came up short I don't really see anything on anything that shows everything about his childhood however Bindle did have an uncle named Daryl James that he was basically infatuated with his uncle Daryl was said to be an actual real gangster and a real real bad man and a real bad man was everything Bindle wanted to be since he was a kid to be fair Bindle was bad but not in a respectful mafia or gangster sense you know he was no Tony fucking soprano as a child Bindle spent most of his time committing petty theft and hurting animals cats to be precise and if you are a fan of this show which I know you are you know that I love animals especially cats and how much I'd like to really do unmentionable things to people that hurt animals now just to be clear 
I do hunt and fish, but only to eat things. I'm not against eating meat or animal products in general. I'm against people who are literally punk bitch motherfuckers that hurt animals because animals are easy targets. And they just want to inflict pain on them because they can. Because, again, they're punk bitch motherfuckers. Did I say bitch? Yeah. Punk bitch motherfuckers. Like Bindle. I don't give a fuck who you are or where you are. If I see someone hurting an animal just to hurt them, I will beat them down. And if I can't, I will utilize objects to help beat them down. And you can quote me on that. If you hurt animals just to hurt them, you are a rotten, cock-sucking, coward of a cunt, period. A childhood friend of Bindle stated that he would beat and sometimes kill neighborhood cats, and even on occasion dogs, and he'd usually beat them to death with objects such as rocks, bricks, or anything he could find. Now to be formal and not utilize my opinion or rant on this matter, this is seriously, seriously a problem and a very, very big precursor for hurting people in the future, if not murdering people in the future. I would go as far as to say that at least 90% of every murderer that I've studied has began with sadistically hurting killing and physically abusing animals. Now many parents overlook this behavior and they think that it's just a phase and it's pretty normal. Also, many parents these days get murdered by their own kids for inheritance. Meaning, if your kid is doing this shit, you better get them in the counseling and pay very, very close attention to them because it may actually be you that they kill first. Now we will pick up right where we are leaving off right now after this song from someone that I think is really going to be selling out stadiums in probably the next three years. His name is Bailey Zimmerman and this is a song called Rock in a Hard Place. This is the acoustic version of it. I really hope you like it. Swinging and missing It ain't broke yet But damn it needs fixing Been a while since you kissed Felt like kissing It's just different We've been talking about forever Since we've been together Something battering Makes you think we're better off with all this, but we're caught in between a rock and a hard place. Red wine and mistakes, tears rolling down your face when I walked out that door. And that's when I lost it. Midnight in Austin. Damn, I'm exhausted. What the hell's this all for? Is this where it mends or it breaks Between a rock and a hard place For the record Shit Throwing in the towel takes some effort 
So I'd rather ride it out for better weather Together between a rock and a hard place Red, white, and mistakes Tears rolling down your face When I walked out that door That's when I lost it Midnight in Austin what the hell's this all for? Is this where it mends or it breaks between a rock and a hard place? We've been talking about forever since we've been together. Something battering makes you think we're better off with. All this, but we're caught in between a rock and a hard place. Tears rolling down in your face as I walked out that door. And that's when I lost it. Midnight in Austin. Damn, I'm exhausted. What the hell's this all for? Is this where it mends or it breaks? How much more of this can we take? So it's now 2001, and Damien Bindle is 12 years old. He wants to be an English gangster, so he decides that he's going to start killing neighborhood cats and dogs. You know, like a real man, right? A real man that should have his dick put in a fucking meat grinder. He also worships his Uncle Daryl. His uncle was a real gangster, and he didn't have to hurt animals to be a badass and to be respected. Now it's around this time that Bindle begins trying to box, as in like the sport, boxing. He starts training, and it is also around this time that he starts going to jail for stupid petty shit. After quite a few encounters with the police, and time spent in local juvenile halls, Bindle tries his hand at cage fighting for a brief time. Bindle also started something else that kind of hindered this. Can you guess what that something else would be? Can you think of anything that would hinder him being a good cage fighter? Bindle started using drugs. Lots and lots of drugs. Mainly weed, but also meth, cocaine, morphine, alcohol, and of course, the mighty heroin. When he could get it. Now, allegedly, drugs are not as accessible in England as they are in the United States, but they are available almost anywhere in the world if you want them bad enough. And Damien Bindle did want them bad enough. So as far as his cage-fighting career went, basically, he just usually had his drug-addicted ass handed to him. So many times that he finally just gave up. Bindle was really good at giving up on anything that took discipline. I've definitely had more than my share of partying, but I've also known how to keep sober at times needed to accomplish things. 
and keep myself disciplined. There is no high in the world better than accomplishing things, especially when others think that you're incapable of it. Party your fucking balls off. Snort that blow, drink that jack, smoke that crack, or whatever the fuck you want to do, but do it all in moderation and accomplish things, right? That's what life's about, accomplishments. Don't end up homeless, worthless, and most importantly, on this fucking podcast. It's called moderation. So by the time Bindle is in his 20s, he's literally just in and out of jail, picking fights with anyone smaller than him, you know, like cats and dogs, likely fucking sheep and goats, and all around just being a worthless pile of twat, because that's what he was. In other words, he had finally found himself, his true self. He was addicted to heroin and doing every drug that he could find, and of course, (laughs) of course, living off of any woman who was dumb enough not to see him for what he was. Like I said earlier, this guy, I mean, cunt, had no trouble finding women. Apparently, he was decent looking, and there's a lot of really vulnerable women in England that were willing to look past the fact that he was addicted to H, stealing all their material shit to trade for that H, and didn't have a job, a penny, or really anything in his life, and he liked to go to jail all the time. So, I guess... He had to be at least a little bit good-looking, right? I I, I would think. So in March of 2020, during the pandemic, for all of you that believe in fairy tales, the unplanned pandemic that was a real accidental shock to the whole world, Bindle is serving a two-year sentence for arson and armed robbery, but he's let out early, like many prisoners. They didn't let me the fuck out. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Ain't nobody talking to you or watching your show anymore for that matter. Ain't gonna be no Tiger King 3. People are more interested in mentally ill hitchhikers that kill people. And yes, I'm talking about Kai. I've actually met that guy. You know Kai the Hitchhiker on Netflix? Well, all that started in my hometown of Fresno. I played a show with the band that was featured on that documentary the other night. It's actually a very sad story. I feel very sorry for Kai. The whole documentary is just a bunch of people, all the way to Jimmy Kimmel, all just using this guy who really just needed one person to try and get him some mental treatment. Some mental treatment that he needed. And when they couldn't use him anymore for fame or money or any of the other shit they were using him for, they would talk bad on him. That's our world though, right? Greedy people using people, then shitting on them when they're done. Anyway, back to Bendel the Cunt. Okay. So Bindle is let out early, uh, I think he was let out six months early on his two-year sentence, thanks to the alleged coronavirus that killed half the population if you watch the news. And boom, what does he do? What does he do? Well, he creates a Tinder account, of course, because remember, all this guy does is drugs and live off of and steal from women who are vulnerable enough to date and tolerate him. And just like that, Bindle finds his next victim, 35-year-old Terry Harris, who had two children. Now, Terry had just separated with her husband of 14 years, and though she should have saw this unemployed pile of twat coming 100 miles away, she was looking for everything that her ex was not. You see, her ex wasn't a drug addict. He wasn't unemployed. 
and he wasn't a mass murderer. He was a pretty good guy. So either consciously or subconsciously, she wanted a fucking shit show mess of a boyfriend. Oh, you're addicted to everything on the fucking planet and you have a rap sheet two miles long and no job? Fuck yes. Come live with me and my two adorable children. Trust me, I'm not making fun of any of this, nor am I being insensitive to what happens next. I'm simply stating in a very condescending manner that some ladies need to stay the fuck away from drug addicted piles of fuck dudes that want to live off of them. A real man makes a living and can take care of himself. A piece of twat man, on the other hand, lives off whoever they're dating. Stay the fuck away from these guys. Stay away from them. Now this is a song that I released in 2012 and it became rather controversial, especially for my songs that usually don't have that. And it was pulled off the radio due to the lyrics. It's called Tattoos and Scars, and it is on the record I put out in 2012 called Happy Hour. Now, I left an intro from a radio station on that record before this song, so I'm just going to leave that on there as well and play that. Again, here is Tattoos and Scars from yours truly. I hope you like it. And if you would like to get your music played on this show, send me a link to some of your music on IG at music underscore murder underscore podcast and i'd be more than happy to take a listen to it and see if it works for the show and also feel free to message me about anything tell me i'm a piece of shit i really don't care just you know if you want to message me message me again this is tattoos and scars by me off of my record called happy hour be right back so it is New Rock 104.1. It is uh, the latest from Muse. Their song is called Survival. It is Hammer. I dig that song, but you know, on the local tip, here's what I'm digging on, is uh, your boy Keeney, who you, you, you've known about Keeney for a while. He's always out there doing his thing, and you might have heard about that fight and tussle he got into with the golf cart. Now he's like the super uber bionic man, all steeled out and ready to go, and he's still doing his thing. So we got to do the local tip right now. It's one of my favorite tracks off the new album, and it's going to kick off the new album. It's called Happy Hour. Very cool, which sounds good when you hang with Keeney. It's all about the happy hour. So check out this one. It's called Tattoos and Scars. New Rock from Keeney right now on the local tip. It's New Rock 104.1. 2652. Well, she had always wanted to kill someone. Since she was a little girl She met a boy and taught her to use a gun And together they would scare the world It started off in Fresno and headed south They shot a man in L.A. who ran his mouth And now they're on the run and it's all a game They wanted everybody to know their no, don't let go You got that finger on your trigger Boy, make them feel it in their soul She said, no, you're a star There ain't no coming back from this This is all we are She said, no, don't let go Got that finger on your trigger Make them feel it in their soul She said, no 
tattoos and scars So in early 2020, just about the time of the beginning of the pandemic, 32-year-old Bindle meets Terry Harris. Harris is a newly single 35-year-old woman with two children. One was her 11-year-old daughter, Lacey Bennett, and the other was her son, 13-year-old John Bennett. Both of them kept their father's last name after the divorce, and they really were a beautiful family and I'm assuming that you just heard me say were 
a beautiful family. Hold that thought for just a few minutes. So by April of 2020, Terry and Bindle were in a serious long distance relationship. Which by the way, long distance relationships always work out. No sarcasm at all. None. Terry was even sending Bindle money to help him live and purchase drugs. And finally around that same time, they both felt that they were ready to have Bindle live off of her 100% of the time. So Bindle moved his bitch ass 170 miles, which is about three hours away, to be with Terry in her home in Killer Marsh, which for all of you Ted Lasso fans, the sleepy little 10,000 populated town of Killer Marsh literally borders Richmond, England, which is where Ted Lasso is based and filmed. I wish it were a happier story since Lasso is a happy show, but it's not. There's a reason why this podcast is called Music and Murder, right? So Bindle moves in with Terry. She soon realizes that he is a worthless pile of twat. But this doesn't detour her, not one bit. Sources state that Terry was committed to the relationship and planned on not only marrying Bindle, but also having his baby. And soon, within six to seven months later, she was pregnant. Now the problem with dating someone addicted to cocaine, meth, and heroin is that they will always think that you're cheating. And this situation was no different. So of course, Bindle fought and abused Terry regularly, stating that that baby was not his. Bindle basically tortured this poor family. He didn't work a day in his life while he lived in Terry's home, and he stole everything that she owned, including her laptop computer, to trade for drugs, and still, Terry willingly stayed with him and still wanted to marry and have his baby. I've studied the shit with four college degrees worth of research, and I will never, ever in my life understand the rationale behind this type of judgment. I truly hope that you ladies out there do take note of everything that I'm saying and utilize it. I don't care how good the dick is. If the dude is a worthless pile of twat, get the fuck away from him. Be alone forever if you can't find true love. Anything is better than what I'm about to tell you. On the night of September 18th, or early morning hours of September 19th, 2021, Bindle was on a cocaine binge. All of the occupants in the house were asleep. This included his girlfriend Terry and her two children, 13-year-old John and 11-year-old Lacey, and Lacey's friend, 11-year-old Connie Gent. While coked out of his mind, Bindle decided it would be a good idea to rape 11-year-old Lacey 
And to do that, he figured he'd have to kill everyone in the house first, so there would be no noise or witnesses. Bindle didn't own any weapons, because if he did, he would have already hawked them or traded them for drugs. Bindle did find something, though. Bindle found a claw hammer. After retrieving this claw hammer, Bindle slowly crept throughout the two-story home from room to room. He first went to his pregnant girlfriend's room and he stood over her while she slept. Bindle then started to bash her face in with the claw hammer. Blow after blow, the crime scene pictures showed that the entire room was covered with blood. Bindle then crept into 13-year-old John's room and did the same thing. Finally, he made his way into young 11-year-old Lacey's room and continued this merciless bloodbath of a fucking rampage, with killing Lacey's friend Connie first. And then, when Lacey awoke while this was happening, Bindle choked her out. Bindle knew how to do this from his day's cage fighting. That's one of the first things that they teach you. And finally, while Lacey lay unconscious, he then brutally raped and sodomized this poor young lady. When he was done, he then took the blood-soaked hammer and bashed her face in just as he did with everybody else. The coroner stated that there was literally no way to tell how many blows were struck on any of the bodies due to the fact that they were so mutilated. None of their faces were even recognizable. Not at all. When the massacre was all over and everyone in the house was finally deceased and the whole entire house was covered in blood, Bindle then took John's Xbox to his coke dealer's house and traded it for more coke. He then came back, smoked all the cocaine, and then called 999. Now 999 is the English version of 911. And he turned himself in, which was of course the call you heard in the very beginning of this show. Bindle told detectives after his arrest, I used a hammer and didn't realize what I was doing. Bet you don't often get four murders in Killer Marsh. Oh, but wait, there were five because my missus was having a baby. This motherfucker literally said this proudly. Oh, and he stabbed himself a couple times before the police got there to show that he, air quote, was trying to kill himself because he felt so fucking bad. The prosecutor in the case's name was Mr. Mabley, and his press statement was this. He said that Bindle also testified upon his arrest that, quote, I've murdered four people. I don't know why. I blacked out. It was as if it was all done outside of my body, end quote. He didn't appear overcome with any guilt 
or feel sorry for himself. While in custody, Bindle confessed again to the murders, telling a prison guard there was lots of blood all over the walls. The whole house was covered in blood. I used a hammer. I didn't realize what was going on. There was no motivation. I had been on a cocaine binge. I consumed three to four bags of cocaine, and then I blacked out. End quote. The court heard Bindle admitting to having a split personality disorder and that he was prone to outbursts. On December 21st, 2022, literally about a month ago to the day, Damien Bindle was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, or as they say in England, whole life. That's right, in England they call it whole life. Unfortunately, there is no death penalty in the UK. However, Damien Bindle will die in prison, where there is no little kids to rape, no cats or dogs or women to kill, but just other men, mostly real fucking gangsters, that will hopefully beat, rape, and kill him very, very soon. The only one good thing that Bindle did was plead guilty so the family did not have to relive this brutal and senseless rape and mass murder. The probation department stated that Bindle wasn't a threat when he was released early due to the pandemic. They never checked on him, drug tested him, or done a fucking thing to hinder this from taking place. It's not completely their fault, but with a rap sheet like he had, I will definitely, definitely give some responsibility to them and make note that their hands do have a little bit of blood on them. And with that, I will end episode 18 of Music and Murder, and I will leave you with a song by Chris Stapleton. It is a song called Either Way, and it is an amazing song. And please remember, just because you're paranoid, it does not mean that they're not out to get you. And if you ever forget that, they just might get you when you least expect it. Till next time, please take care of yourselves. And thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you very, very much. You can reach me on Instagram at music underscore murder underscore podcast if you like. And thank you and happy 2023. I hope it's an amazing year for each and every single one of you. Till next time. Goodbye. Go to work, we 
go to church with fake the perfect life. I'm past the point to give a damn. And all my tears I cry. I won't love you either way. 